Hello and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. And this is your weekly podcast, as ever, to learn more about consumer marketing in the digital age, as well as all things influencer marketing. And we're going to cover as much as we can in right around 15 minutes. I am Holly Moran, and I am so excited to be joined in the studio today by my guest, Matt Prince, who is the Senior Manager for Public Relations and Brand Experience at Taco Bell. Thank you so much for joining us today, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. Amazing. So... Obviously, Taco Bell, delicious treats, first thing first. Uh, But you're also, uh, as a brand, just killing it on social media at the moment. So I'm super excited to have you here to share your expertise, your insights about how to dominate in such a competitive landscape. So first things first, can you tell us a bit about yourself and the kind of work you do at Taco Bell? Sure. Uh, As you mentioned, my name is Matt Prince, and I lead the public relations and activations for Taco Bell Corporation. Um, I've been with the brand for just about eight years, and prior to that, worked for Disney for about five years, splitting that tenure between leading our social media monitoring and engagement, and um, actually as an executive speech writer. And then prior to that, I worked in different industries across nonprofit and government. So I've seen the evolution of digital marketing and influencers across multiple landscapes uh, over my time. Um, and now as, as my time with Taco Bell really is to build, create, um, and lead our brand's biggest moments in food and culture. So everything from campaign and project publicity uh, to collaborations with celebrities and brands. My team and I look uh, closely uh, with culture and social insights to to build programs that keep Taco Bell top of mind and elevate how we show up in interesting ways across food and lifestyle culture. And Taco Bell is obviously, you're a huge, huge brand in the US, but you're slightly newer to the European and the UK market for me specifically. And somehow in spite of um this i see your content everywhere on social media i don't know if it's just happenstance or if i am i maybe i'm just googling tacos too often and the algorithm's like we have what you need don't worry (laughs) but how does you know you, you talk about learning from social media where does social media fit into your kind of wider strategy for marketing how much of a role does it play yeah, social media is obviously such a big part of, of growth, especially as it pertains to our new markets for the brand. Mm-hmm. So if you if you think about um, you know how long it's taken us to establish the brand that we have in the U.S., we're mm-hmm. currently in our 60th anniversary this year, and we have over nearly 8,000 restaurants across the globe, and about 1,000 of those or nearly 1,000 of those are in international markets. So it's important for us as a brand to show up. It's a lot easier to do that in social feeds than it is Mm. to do it in every market. Uh, And that's important because when we do hopefully grow into those markets, there's a brand and there's a presence that precedes it. And hopefully it's a, it's a good presence. (laughs) It is. It just means I'm permanently hungry, constantly hungry for tacos. (laughs) Working. And when I, Working in the headquarters is dangerous because oh we have God. access to Taco Bell. 
at all time of day. And so it's, it's an amazing, amazing employee benefit. Oh my gosh. I'm going to make sure that our CEO listens to this and be like, where are the tacos, Sam? Listen in. <laughs> what do we want? Tacos. <laughs> um, but the content that, that I see you guys putting out, it really user generated content really seems to factor in quite a major way into that. It seems really popular on your platforms. I see you getting really good engagement from that. Um, obviously good engagement is the reason you continue, but what was the motivation prior to you incorporating UGC into your content? Where did that decision come from? Yeah, I always love to remind people a very important thing about social content. Um, and that's when you look across the interwebs at the content around your brand, the level of conversations that you own is minuscule. The majority yes. is consumer created. And that to me is your brand. Um, there's just this, this pocket knife worth of content that's out there. And we as a brand are just the bottle opener. So when you're able to tap into the different tools of how consumers use and celebrate and challenge your brand, I think that is when you can have a, a truly a strong presence in social. And I think, you know, authentic conversation is not created, it's captured. And if you're able to amplify that, and if you're able to become a platform to showcase some of that amazing content that's being um, built around the brand and amplify your biggest fans, I think that's what we are trying to do, you know, as a brand. Um, and to that C in UGC can mean different things as well. So I love to look at user generated conversations um, and to me, it, it leads us to some of our biggest campaigns and our activations. So outside of just content, like what are your fans saying? And, you know, social listening is, is such a great tool to capture existing behavior around your brand. And when you find those nuggets, when you find those fun insights, you can build this behavior um, and you're not recreating the wheel. Like you're just taking advantage. It's like an open book test um, yes. around your brand. Uh, a good example that we love and not sure if, if you're familiar with it, but we have Taco Bell weddings in, yeah, our Las, <laughs> in our Las Vegas cantina. So that was born out of social media insights or user generated conversations. Amazing. And it was seeing fans post about getting married, um, you know, using sauce packets, they, some of our sauce packets say, will you marry me? And so we've yeah. seen proposals with sauce packets. We've seen people take pictures, their wedding pictures in front of Taco mm -hmm. Bell or catering their wedding or after party with Taco Bell. So all of these insights led to this moment of recognizing Taco Bell plays a really important role in the love story of our biggest fans. You take that insight and you think, how do you amplify it? How do you make it even bigger? And then you, you, you kind of look at the culture around you. Weddings were shifting at the time. Everything was moving from these banquet halls and churches to barns and parks. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're like, let's do something different. We were opening a new restaurant in Las Vegas. What better place to do, um, you know, crazy weddings. And it, and it, it took off from there. And we average, you know, almost 200, 250 weddings a year, which is amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can, you, you know, for $600, you can get an amazing and beautiful wedding with an efficient as early as four hours. And you can get some Taco Bell, you can get some swag. You have this dedicated um, altar that we've built into the restaurant <laughs> itself. And it's, it's an amazing experience. That is amazing. I think it really speaks to 
something that I think it can be quite easy to lose sight of on social. You know, brands get very, can get very caught up in the idea of um, their kind of podium, presenting themselves in the way that they want to be received. But you only have, and you, you kind of spoke to this, you only have control over how you present yourself. The part where you're received, that's completely out of your hands, really. So you have to open that kind of two-way communication. You have to be responsive to the feedback you're seeing, to the reception you're getting from your audience if you want to maximise how effective you're being in the channel, really. Absolutely. I mean, our consumers now are so smart and Mm. they understand the relationship between a brand and an individual. And it's just like any relationship you would have with a friend. And I think if you have a friend that only talks to you and doesn't listen, you're not going to be friends with that person. So uh, I think no matter how far you get in marketing, no matter how big the brand or how small the brand, you can't escape the value of just the true relationship and the functionality of, you know, of the real human relationship. Cause that's, that's really what it's built off of. Absolutely. And that's something that we, you know, we cater to, I guess, in influencer marketing specifically, we are helping brands leverage those relationships in a more slightly, I guess, manageable way. And obviously organic content plays really strongly into your strategy, but And correct me if I'm wrong, some of your content does come from that kind of influencer activation channel. When you're thinking about launching an influencer campaign or incorporating new influencers, what goes into that decision? How do you decide this is a Taco Bell influencer waiting to happen? (laughs) Yeah, I I believe everyone has the potential of a Taco Bell influencer inside (laughs) of them. You just have to find it. You just have to bring it out in them. Um, you know, I say that jokingly, but it's, it's really, it is kind of true because social media is so wild, especially now with things like TikTok and other platforms where individuals cross into the influencer section on the daily. So you you have Mm -hmm. this like democratization of influence that is built in today's social, social culture. And that's awesome. Like you have yeah. someone like Doja Cat who can express her amazing love for the Mexican pizza. Um, but you can also have an average average fan who mm. is organically talking you know, about a bad date that she had and she was forced to buy 100 tacos and it goes <laughs> viral overnight and it has the same engagement. You, know? yeah. you have literally a person with little following that can get the same engagement as a major celebrity. And that is just such a wild moment in time. And so when those things happen, that's why that social listening is so important that, yeah, you're probably going to see those things from Doja Cat and from Lil Nas X rise to the top much quicker. But there's also this amazing subset of influencers that are gaining steam um, just by this viral content. And it comes from literally can come from, from anyone so we lean into that authenticity. I think, you know, the, the name of the game for that, I'm sure if you look at the word that's come up most in your podcast, it's authenticity, right? Yeah. It's just <laughs> that is such a, an important piece of what you do. Um, and we have the luxury, of course, of having some big names mention the brand and, and talk about their love. And, and that is organic and authentic. And you have to be strategic about when you pull that lever of bringing them into like a, a paid campaign. Um, when you have the luxury of, of those organic 
thing. So, um, you know, you look at someone like Lil Nas X, who is such a big brand advocate because the brand was a part of his life growing up. He worked at a Taco Bell when he was 17, you know, three years prior to him making it big, he was a Taco Bell team member. Um, and that to us is something that we want to amplify and work with him on and make bigger. So we, we partnered with him and named him our chief impact officer, gave him a a C-suite role. And he leads a lot of our, our people and our purpose initiatives in an authentic way, you know, it was, and it was a partnership that was done in the middle of the sea of sameness when it comes to specifically to our industry. Um, a lot of celebrity deals were being done around meals and like get your, um, you know, your meals around a favorite celebrity. We wanted to partner with a celebrity, but do it in a more authentic way to do it in an impactful way that is not about sales, but driving purpose and that's kind of how something like that, like the Little Nas X partnership was born um, because it's around that authenticity. It was, it was born out of him being truly a team member that you can't duplicate that. That's, that's something that no, is just of course special. Not. There's that real connection there. Um, and it's, I think that's something that consumers across the board are getting, um, I guess, a bit more cynical. And I'll probably include myself in that. We are getting a bit more cynical to the kind of traditional um, paid for ads, you know, blatantly sponsored posts where it's like that person has never eaten Taco Bell before in their life. And suddenly it's their favorite brand for one week only, you know, that's not going to be as effective as someone that you can see. This has been a relevant element in their life for years in Lil Nas X's case. And I think that's something that we, when we look at different audiences, we see is particularly important to the kind of Gen Z market and I know that's a really big facet for your brand. They're, they're, you're wildly popular with the Gen Z audience on social media, especially on TikTok, where I think your, I mean, I think your US channel clocks in about 1.6 million followers nowadays, um, which is extraordinary. What do you think it is that that kind of sets this this audience apart from millennials, uh, baby boomers, and above? Yeah, I think it's, I'm amazed by Gen Z. I don't think we've Mm -hmm. ever seen a generation that has created such a dynamic shift in how brands are so quickly adapting um, and growing into better versions of themselves. Um, So you have, you have this accountability that's brought, you know, upon by things like social injustice or political unrest or mental health or equality. Mm -hmm. Um, where brands are, you know, meeting consumers at that table and matching their expectations of what a brand should be um, and saying, you know, it's important to you. So we're making it important to us and also doing it because it's the right thing. So uh, I think we're seeing a great change and it's because of the accountability that, that, um, you know, social media and specifically Gen Z has, has shepherded, which is fantastic. Um, And also as a brand for Taco Bell, we have what we call an aspirational mindset. So mm. what I mean by that is if you take the role of a 25-year-old, it's an aspirational age. If you're 16, you want to be 25. If you're 60, you want to be 25. And so <laughs> you can target one specific moment and appeal to uh, the more broad masses. And um, But that's only successful if you can continually adapt to who that 25 year old is. So 
I'm going to literally date myself, but um, <laughs> for me in 2010, as a 25 year old, my experiences are very different than that of a 25 year old today. And so this for us as a brand keeps us flexible and moving and evolving because you're not going to stay stagnant in your perception of culture and what's happening and be successful. You have to keep pace with culture. You have to shift with what's valuable with the generation and specifically looking at what is valuable to Gen Z is so powerful um, and truly leading with purpose, truly being a brand that people can believe in and feel good about supporting um, is uh, so important. So you have to match that and, and go to where they are as a generation and also doing it because it's the right thing and that it's authentic to your brand. You're not showing up in places that you wouldn't otherwise support and you can't boil the ocean. So focusing on where your values are and really leaning in and really doing it in an authentic way. Yeah, completely. And and something that I would love to ask you more about that you um, kind of just mentioned is the speed at which you do have to pivot nowadays you know prior to the internet you probably have a good decade to really settle into a tactic and get used to it before it was starting to become a bit um redundant or out of out of fashion nowadays it feels like what every year every other year there's a new platform that you're expected to go pro on in you know a matter of weeks how does that look for you and the team at Taco Bell? How do you stay so on top of the latest trends and movements? Yeah, it's hard, you know, and if, you know, and I think you try to be first in places, but being first doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the best within yeah. that space. Um, so I think it's important to listen you know, uh, as a brand, I think some of the most important things you can do is, is truly listen to not just your audience, like we mentioned before, but just culture and the speed of which technology is evolving and the social platforms are evolving, um, and get in there and try and fail and just fail forward and, and fail in a smart way. And I think a lot of times, and we get in this in this situation too, where you keep things so precious that you're afraid to take those risks, especially yeah. now within social where your risks and your failures are amplified. And you have a lot of people with any brand who are going to call you out and say, you didn't do this correctly, but that's okay. If you can push through that, like, I think that's okay. You're going to have to learn with consumers like if you look again how instagram was used when it was first started versus how it's used today completely mm. different you know saying yeah. you know tiktok is evolving too with the way that it you know started um and the way that it's evolving today so keeping pace with that is so important and in using it like your audience is using it um because you you there's just so much you can't do it all but lean into the areas that you truly want to be in and that you can do authentically where your fans are um, and use it the way that they're using it. And I think you'll find success. And I love the idea that you just said there um, that sometimes you'll be the first and that doesn't mean being the best. And I really, one of my, a phrase that I always think of is, is perfect is the enemy of good. You know, you don't have to get something 100% right as long as you're kind of approaching it with genuine intentions and good intentions and particularly in this era of where authenticity is so prized by audiences and consumers, 
I, th- I think people would rather see a brand give it a good go. Maybe it didn't come off perfectly, but, you know, the, the attempt was there and, and the intentions were good. Um, so I hope to see lots more brands. And I'm going to challenge myself to this because I don't spend enough time uh, getting out of my comfort zone, um, going on to TikTok and making videos. Um, so, yeah, let's all let's all be brave. Let's give it a go. <laughs> it's, it's hard because you're being very vulnerable in a yeah. world that is very polarizing. In mm-hmm. one side, you have people who recognize that vulnerability and applaud it and support you and say they're, they're trying and that is 99% of you know success. But then you have another side of that coin where the internet is scary and it can be very mean. And yeah. um, that smaller audience is a lot louder. And yeah. it's, and it's scary. So and they're ready a lot to of times, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So a lot of times we have to think of these people are having, are talking about our brand or even us as an individual, but they aren't our audience. If, if they are coming at us from a negative perspective or um, aren't supporting us as a brand, then they're not our audience and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so Stay true to who you are. Stay true to your brand. Yes. Do your best. That's all we can do. All we can do is our best. We're just, everyone's just trying. <laughs> my best, Tom. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? That's one of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> so without, well, I'll, I'll just do one last question because I know we're running over. Um, and I won't, please don't feel I'm asking you to name names. Um, but are there any kind of common mistakes that you see brands making particularly when they're trying to talk to this Gen Z audience um, online? Yeah, I I mentioned it a little earlier, but the current landscape is so loud that Mm. marketers feel the need to shout or be first, like I said. And even when there's no brand connectivity, and I think that's when you get into um, the mistakes. So the important thing um, that a brand can be, you know, an entity that gets me for this generation, something that aligns with my beliefs is huge, uh, especially with, with, with Gen Z and you don't get there by shouting, you get there by listening and you're not going to win over a generation in your copywriting. You're, you have to lead with action. Um, and if you're not, you're going to, you're going to hear about it. And I think, like I mentioned before, the generation is so smart. They know when you're just pandering to a moment or when you're inauthentically saying something, but you have to stand up for what you believe in. You have to support the things that are important to this generation. Um, And again, doing it because it's the right thing. And if that authenticity, our favorite word, if that authenticity is not there, that's when you find those mistakes. And I think that's when you'll get, you'll get called out. Yeah, for sure. It's almost worse. Just don't say anything. If you can't live that truth, Stay quiet, for goodness sake. <laughs> Absolutely. Although now, you know, silence is, you know, uh, is uh, deafening. I mean, it was just, it was, it's uh, also something where you have to have a perspective in a lot of cases. You saw, you know, it, two years ago during um, the Black Lives Matter movement, you had consumers calling brands out who were noticeably silent. And yeah. that's the accountability that I mentioned earlier from this generation. It's they will not let you. I mean, 
not all situations are the same, of course. So you can choose your silence strategically and it's the right move. But in other Mm -hmm. areas, um, you have to um, have a perspective because that is what the generation is expecting you to have. Um, And I think it's, it's so important. Yeah. And what a powerful generation to, to drive that change. That's so exciting to see from them. Well, Matt, I wish we had all the time in the world because you have so much expertise to share. But unfortunately, we are at time. So I would just love to thank you for, for joining us today. I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed hearing your insights. Thank you, Holly. And thanks for having me. I, I mentioned this to you earlier, but when I, I started teaching a class on influencer marketing mm-hmm. this year at a local university, and I was looking up as many podcasts as I could on influencer marketing, and you guys are killing it. You're doing great. Uh, there's really, there, there's not a lot out there and you guys are above and by far doing some amazing content. So keep it up. And, and it's, uh, it's really great, great stuff. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. That's so lovely to hear. I don't, I hope our competitors aren't listening. Don't start a podcast for the love of God. <laughs> this is our USP. Leave us alone. <laughs> amazing. Threats aside, that genuinely is all we have time for today. But of course, the content doesn't end here. If anyone is listening who is desperate to continue staying up to date with our weekly podcast episodes, all of our hot influence marketing content, as well as what is happening on the consumer marketing scene, do make sure you give us a follow on all of our platforms. We are at Cure Media. And if you want to receive all kinds of influence marketing insights directly to your inbox, head to our website, www.curemedia.com and subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter. 